Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. VB, that is something that everyone is waiting to see what happens when markets open tomorrow morning. As a member of Congress, do you think that they should get bailed out by the federal government? It's still, it's still very early to see or say what the ramifications are, are going to be. That was a unique bank that mostly serves startups in Silicon Valley. And those customers, uh, you know, have been hit by inflation. They've been hit by interest rates. They're low on cash. There was also, it sounds like, a panic run by some of their larger comp companies last week. The CEO <clears throat> sold himself millions of dollars of stock and gave his employees, I read this morning, bonuses right before the government took over the bank. Um, you know, we cannot keep bailing out private companies um, because there's no consequences to their actions. People that's Representative Nancy Mace, and she is absolutely correct about the idea of consequences to actions. She's also correct about the bonuses. Not only did they sell stock uh, on the executive team, uh, all the executives and others got bonuses just a couple of weeks ago. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. And then the whole bank collapses because they don't have the money to cover their depositors. There's a difference between the companies that utilize the bank and the depositors of the bank. And, and just really quickly, as we've seen Silicon Valley Bank uh, collapsing over $200 billion utilized in Silicon Valley, where were the regulators is the question. This is a regulation question, and who's actually watching? Who watches the watchman? But if, if we're talking about those people who invested in the bank, the actual investors into the bank, putting large-scale dollars in the bank, you weren't aware that this bank was not on the up and up? You weren't looking at their balance sheets? Were you not a savvy investor? You're supposed to be. And that's on you. But if you're, let's say, a, a uh, vendor on Etsy, because Etsy used Silicon Valley Bank, and people Thursday and Friday were not getting their payments. Etsy could not get vendors their payments. You buy something on Etsy, it's running through that bank, and then it's heading to the vendor. Couldn't send it. The money wasn't there. Well, that's a scary situation. What does that vendor do? All of those types of transactions and all those types of people, they're going to be made whole. That's what the insurance is going to do in a, in a large amount of cases. They're going to backfill in the other cases. I don't think that you and I have an issue with that person being made whole. They didn't do anything wrong. And now all of a sudden, do they lose just some transactions or do they lose all business? But what of people who were the large-scale investors or depositors? Time Magazine, to, uh, uh, well, it's online, but we still call it Time Magazine because, you know, old school. They stated that 85% of the depositors at Silicon Valley Bank were uninsured. I don't even understand how that's possible. I need that explained to me by a professional. FDIC, uh, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, um, they'll, they'll guarantee your money up to $250,000. I think that's per depositor. So I don't think that's per bank account. I think that's per depositor, an end total number. 
But it could be per actual uh, account. It could be. I think it's the first way, though. But if someone was putting millions of dollars into the bank, they didn't check to see whether the bank was, I don't know, solvent? Does anybody else find that completely and totally weird? I find that completely and totally weird. But we'll get more into Silicon Valley Bank. There are other things going on in the world. And now, another Second Amendment success story. You don't say you're sorry when you shoot someone. On Tony Katz Today. Uh, we'll use it for Tony Katz in the morning. News. We don't mind. The headline... Elderly Philadelphia man running errands turns tables on would-be robbers emptying his gun. Remember, a Second Amendment success story does not mean that somebody was killed. It means that someone was able to use a firearm to protect and defend themselves and the ones they love. 71-year-old Henry Joel telling the local ABC affiliate that he defended himself from robbers last week. At night, I would keep my hand on my pistol in my pocket in case I have to pull it out. He went to go pick up some Chinese food in North Philadelphia. And nothing says North Philadelphia quite like Chinese food. He gets confronted on uh, what they call North 10th Street. Two men coming out of a breezeway. And he gets confronted. The victim, this guy, uh, Mr. Joel, pulls out his firearm. They exchange gunfire. And he emptied his firearm during the incident. They raised a gun to begin shooting, I raised mine, and we just started shooting. I don't know if I hit one of them, but I'm pretty sure I hurt them because they were in, an, in the area I was at, basically, and I got shot in the bottom part of my leg, which broke my bone. He was shot in the ankle, taken to Temple University Hospital. He's uh, licensed to carry for, from his work in security. So, uh, good for him, for being able to protect and defend himself. Good for lawful gun owners who utilize their Second Amendment rights. And just a reminder, uh, don't be robbing people.